Hello everybody and welcome to episode 337 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Seals answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by Super Coach Alloys Rosario. Welcome Alloys. Thank you Jeffrey. 337, I like it. We're getting... Absolutely. And how have you been this past week? Yeah, going going well. Hay fever starting to clear up, you know, the skies are skies are blue. Weather's Excellent. turning. Uh, numbers in uh, Melbourne and Victoria are going down with COVID, so you know things are things are starting to turn yes. rosy. So though I've, I've still got this 5k um, limit, not allowed further than 5k's away from my house, alloys. Yeah. Um, yep. And you know we hadn't been camping for a long, long time, and it's school holidays here at the moment. So last night. We set the tent up in our backyard. Well, there you go. Really? That would, we, would have been fun. Yes. Yep. We've got a little um, a place where we can light a fire, little fire. Um, oh, nice. Marshmallows. Yes. Did you, yes. Did, you do, did you do any s'mores? No. What's a s'more again? There you go. I like that. It's, yeah, it's marshmallow chocolate and graham cracker now graham cracker yeah we yeah we don't get graham crackers here but i think you know like as far as i know and you people out there would know much better than me um it's like a like a digestive type of biscuit that uh uh, yeah i remember we had some canadian friends that came over and they uh, introduced us to s'mores and they were delicious does sound awesome yeah and then anything yeah, anything with marshmallow and chocolate. Go, go, go. Sorry, anything with marshmallow and chocolate's got to be good, right? <laughs> it does. It's got to be good. And, uh, and and true to camping form, you know, um, anytime you go camping, um, things go wrong. And we looked at the weather app and yep. it said it wasn't going to rain, so we didn't put the fly over the tent. And oh. then 5 a.m., Mel says, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> that, that's impressive so all all of you slept out there i thought you might have just sent the kids out there no 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 no. we all went out there so, Good so were we really camping we, mel and i got the uh the queen mattress from one of the beds and put it out in the tent well <laughs> at least you were in the tent exactly that counts right <laughs> the kids they just had the little sort of mattresses <laughs> yeah, yeah of course because they're kids oh dear i don't know oh yeah like the queen the queen mattress is starting to push limits a little bit but um <laughs> if you're actually driving a bit hard to take that with you wouldn't it yeah true true but you know i i do admire your attempt <laughs> thanks uh, that, yes uh, and of course camping. the rain 5 a.m oh Yes, uh, it's yes. never good, is it? Yeah, no, rain so, so, so Josh and Mel had to get outside, grab the fly, put it over while I just kept sleeping. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> did, did you even stir? Did you even wake up? Yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, not really, though, you know, I was kind of asleep. But then I heard the rain coming. It was quite nice, the rain on the tent. And, yeah, once we were dry. <laughs> uh your poor family. I know. Now, Alois. Yes, Jeff. What do you call a hospital for lemons? 
don't know, Jeff. Lemonade. <laughs> uh, these are some of the beauty, beautiful jokes that I can tell around a campfire. What do yeah. you, What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? Oh, I don't know, Jeff. A stick. <laughs> Perfect for the campfire. Uh, so, yeah, whenever you get out and about people and you're able to go and roam the world, tell these jokes, you know, bring some joy to the world. <laughs> tell me, tell me, did you have the guitar out there by the campfire? I, I, I suggested it. <laughs> and I didn't get much love. It's like, you know, maybe we could just throw ourselves into the fire. <laughs> that would be a more fun activity is kind of the sort of vibe I was getting. They just don't appreciate good talent, I tell they you. They don't, do they? No. I should have just got it anyway. I was tempted at one point, but I, and then, I don't know, I got distracted by the marshmallows probably. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Next time. Sounds like a good night. It was. It was, yes. Anyway, Alloys, yes. this is a show about table tennis. Right. What do you have for us on this day that relates to table tennis? Oh, well, 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 well. You know, we come around every year to this. It is coming up to Janove Voldner's birthday. Happy the greatest birthday. of all time. The GOAT, um, as we like to call him, the greatest of all time. And uh, his birthday is on the 3rd of October. Ooh, not born, far away. No, born in 1965. Mm. So, so there you go, 1965, Jan Ovevolna. That makes him 55 years old. There you go. That's getting old, isn't it, Waldy? Wow, that is, yeah, getting old indeed. Yeah, mm. exactly. So yeah, yeah, he's nearly as young as you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He is. He's almost as young as me. Um, he's he's done he's done a fair bit in his table tennis career though. He, um, <laughs> you think? So yeah, he's 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 won the one gold medal at the Olympics in the singles in 1992 in Barcelona. Um, silver medal in Sydney 20 years ago, Jeff. And you you mentioned last week that uh, yes. you watched that match live yeah and you said that that was the night that uh, kathy freeman won her gold medal in the 400 meters too wasn't it, it? So it was yeah a big night a, massive night it's a big night um but he's also you know managed to accumulate a couple of world singles titles in 1989 in dortmund and 1997 in manchester mm-hmm. um, a couple and, of runner-ups as well i believe yep indeed and four uh, teams gold medals as well, and you know you don't think of it now, but I mean, in in eighty nine, ninety one, ninety three, um, and in two thousand, uh, Sweden wow. won the world teams championships. So that's so pretty impressive because yeah, China's always so strong. Like and yeah, for them to win, you know, three in a row and then come back in two thousand, mm, yeah, very impressive. Absolutely, and you know it, that had such that such a such a strong group at that stage. But uh, Waldy was definitely the the linchpin. The, he was the real key uh, to that Swedish team and that Swedish era. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if 
If, no, I wouldn't have minded having Jorgen Person on, on your team, would you? Yeah, yeah, Jorgen, Jorgen, Jorgen was one of my favourites too. I, I saw Jorgen beat Waldy at uh, the World Championships in uh, in the final in 1991, um, and I remember they warmed up together before the final of the World Championships. They were out the back there hitting with each other first, and then out on the table and and uh, and played the final. It was all, I have to say it was a little bit disappointing. Um, <laughs> because because Waldy didn't win or. Just, uh, no, it just it just looked like a trading match between the two. I mean, they were they were both you know a hundred percent committed to to trying to win, but th- there's just something you know there's there's just not that fire when you're playing against uh, your yeah. countrymen, and especially those two. You know, they were so close; they had done uh, everything together in um, in the previous years. So yeah, yeah, but uh, and yeah, I probably would have liked to see. Waldy win as well, but you know, but no, I, I'm happy that uh, Jorgen Persson won won a world championships. Very, very uh, worthy winner of uh, world singles championships. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So Jana Vivolna, there you yeah. go. Yeah. What a career. And what I a, I heard a rumor career. that he never had his driver's license. Is that true? Uh, that is, I believe that to be true. Yes, mm. indeed. There you go. Uh, Interesting. Good good at some things. (laughs) He might be a very good driver. He's just never done it. Yeah. Uh, Imagine what. Imagine the 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 stuff that he'd come up with when he was driving. (laughs) Imagine imagine the gaps he'd be able to find and the uh, in the traffic. Yeah, the small holes in the traffic that uh, that he'd be able to experiment with. Oh yes. All right. Well, now, Alice, do you have a tip of the week for us? Well, actually, yes. I mean, carrying on with uh, the Waldner theme, um, and I was just going to say, like, if any of you haven't seen Jan of a Waldner play, oh my goodness, there's people in the world that haven't seen Jan of a Waldner play. Appar- apparently, apparently. Um, <laughs> if you don't even know who he is, people might not even know who he is. We are so old now, alloys. Yeah, I know. Like some people don't even know who Bjorn Borg was. But anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Jan Evo Voldner play, get on to YouTube. There's plenty of um, opportunity to have a look and see the master in action. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so, so where were we up to? Tip of the week. That's right. Yes, tip of the tip week. Tip of the week. So tip of the week this week is about experimentation in your mm-hmm. training, but also about hard work in your training. So, now, often when we train, we a pretty um, single mindset of, of what we're trying to achieve with our training. You know, we want to improve our backhand, we want to improve our forehand or whatever it is, and we want to be able to hit harder. But there is definitely a place for experimentation as well in your training uh, regime. So what do I mean by experimentation? Just if a ball comes to you, you don't have to hit it the same way all the time, you know. Um, Think about the some options that you can start to open up for yourself. And it might not be something that you've seen anyone else do. It might just be something that you start to develop um, that's very particular to your game. You know, it might be a side spin on the ball. It might be, um, you know, chopping a, a top spin ball from close to the table. Who knows what you're capable of or um, really suits what you can do. 
until you start to just experiment. You know, don't just copy what um, you've done previously or what you've seen other people do. Start to think a little bit outside the box. Think about the strokes that you could come up with, the serves that you could come up with, the returns of serve that you could come up with. Um, and who knows, you know, you may you may invent the the next um, backhand uh, banana flick or the or strawberry the flick. flick. Yeah, exactly. So so get out there and do a bit of experimentation. But that doesn't mean that you know you don't need to also have a good base of your training and work hard. And you know, I think that's something that Waldner um, wasn't really remembered for. I know talking to people that when you when they talk about Waldner as a young player, he was always the first person in the hall and the last person in the hall. So he was there training the longest. He was on the table the most, um, especially as a young player. And he he put in the hours and the time to develop those skills. You know, some people just look at him and say, "Oh, look look at him. He's such a master. He can do anything. He's so talented." Yes, he what he definitely had a lot of talent, but he also worked hard and he experimented. You know, the things that he came up with, people before hadn't done before. Um, where did that come from? It came from his creativity in his mind because he spent so many um, hours on the table that he had that time to experiment and uh, and find something different to play with. So, so, yeah, so the tip of the week this week, just experiment a bit. You know, allow yourself... 10 minutes during your training session just to be totally experimentational um, with some of your strokes. I like it. I like it. And it, the experimenting doesn't mean you're always going to translate that into like a real match situation, though you might. But I think also just sometimes trying something different um, gives you a bit of, a better understanding of, you know, how to deal with some situations, what doesn't work, what does, what's possible. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, and you know, and I guess also following on from last week's tip about you know long pimples or funny rubber, and you know even trying to play with a different rubber sometimes, um, and you know until you do, you don't know what's going to really suit you, um, mm. or it, whether it might um, have some sort of influence in the strokes that you play as well. Yeah, excellent. All right, well another good tip of the week. Um, now that moves us on to the questions and Alois. Yep. It's a bit of a Waldner themed show. It, is. it always is. <laughs> the question is though, Waldner or Ma Long? Who is better? Urfan wants to know the answer. Yeah, well, I think I think we've sort of given the answer previously, you know, in the last five minutes. Um for me, Waldner, um, you know, just because just because of his ability to do so much on the table and also what he was able to bring to the game, you know, he really revolutionised the game in the way that he played. He was able to do um, so much, so many different different things on the table that, um, yeah, for me, it's, yeah, it really is Waldner. But, you know, what do you think, Jeff? Um, oh, what about Marlong's record, though? Like... He's um yeah no he's, he's it's pretty it's, damn good um how many yeah, Olympics no, now yeah um like how many world championships so 
so he's won so he's won a, um, a gold at the Olympics as well. Um, yep. Uh, he's also won two gold in the teams, but you know that I think we can sort of exclude that a little bit. Um, How come? Just because he comes from China? No, no. Well, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, because I mean, yeah, the quality <laughs> of his um, of his teammates. Because he was born in China. Yeah, no, just because of his teammates. But I think you know, when you compare, he had some pretty good teammates too. Yeah, true. But yeah, he also didn't have as many Olympics. Anyway, let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to to what to to Marlong. Um, so singles. Um, so he's won the three um, world singles championships. So in 2015, 2017, 2019. So three in uh, a row too. Yeah, yeah, which which doesn't happen very often. So yeah, I mean that that's definitely you know a plus for Marlong. But but, but Walton has won two, right? And yes. runner yeah. up twice, I think. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I guess also just the um, longevity of Waldner is something that really impresses me. You know, Marlong's so, still going. Oh, just yeah, true. He is. He is didn't he get? Didn't Marlong just get robbed of a of a Olympic gold medal just this year because of the COVID nineteen? Well, he's got next year. <laughs> Maybe he's got next year. Yeah. Um. No. Well. Yeah. Waldy. You know, from eighty nine. You know, winning the world in eighty nine. I saw him. I saw him uh, lose the final in eighty seven as well in uh, New Delhi. Yeah. And we um, saw Waldner was also runner-up at the Olympics in 2000. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's a good span. But yeah, I mean, for me, I, and maybe I'm biased by my era too, you know. So, um, because when you, yeah, when when you've seen more of Waldner and just just his ability to do things, like I I, I equate him to McEnroe. Um, <laughs> purely purely in in what he can do on the court I, I saw McEnroe play as well and there was something about McEnroe where he could do anything on off any given ball you know? except so, for his backhand that was awful oh yeah <laughs> well, at the at the net though if you know Federer I might have given you a bit more leeway there but no come on come on um so, are you hold so, on are you saying McEnroe is better than Federer no, oh. no, definitely, definitely not. No, just, just his, just, just his, um, his touch and his ability to do anything off any ball. Okay. Think, uh, yeah, the touch of uh, of McEnroe was just incredible. Like, like, like Waldner. Yeah. So there you go. Yes. So we would love, and this this one comes up a lot, but we would love to hear what you think, Macken, uh, not McEnroe. <laughs> Walner, <laughs> Walner or Marlong. Tell I us. think, I think, yeah, I think I would have to go if I was going to be. I'd have to go Walner too, but there is some, you know, some numbers starting to add up in Marlong's favour, and you know, we'll see. He's still going, so um, I think it's a bit early to call. Okay, we'll we'll reserve judgment. But you know, I, at the moment, I think I'd still stick with Walner. But yeah, let, let's see. And like, people don't know. Some people don't know who he is. You know, some people don't know who Michael Jordan is as well. Really? We're, yeah, really. Yeah. Michael who? <laughs> We're yeah, getting Bjorn. Bjorn, Bjorn who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for the question, Irfan. Uh, 
excellent one, and I'm sure a lot of people will debate it. All right. Next up is a question from Jasper. And Jasper has this problem, Alois, when a serve is coming, um, they're not sure whether it's going to bounce twice on the table or it's going to go long. How do you train yourself to recognise the length of the serve? Yeah, so this... And and why is that important as well? Yeah, so um, good question, Jeff. So the, the... the reason why it's important is if the ball is short, so short we define as going to bounce at least twice on the table and low, um, which means that the receiver is going to find that difficult to attack or make a topspin ball off it. Um, long is if it bounces, it's only going to bounce once. So the the receiver's got a be, uh, more opportunity to, to swing through and, uh, and make an attacking stroke off the return. So... If a player is serving to you and they're serving long and you're trying to push the ball, the ball's going to go back long most of the time, which is going to allow the server to make a strong attack. So what you need to do is you need to be able to recognize when that serve is short or long. If it's short, you need to be able to come in and play an effective push or flick. If it's long, you need to be able to make an effective uh, attacking stroke. Um, Now, the Best way I've heard to uh, to try to recognise that difference is to just really follow the ball and follow the ball with your bat. So if you think, if you just imagine yourself, here comes the ball. If you follow the ball with your bat, so almost point your bat towards the ball. If it then is going to drop short on the table, your bat's there and ready to make a push or a flick. If the ball continues long and drops off the end of the table, then your bat follows it down and then you're able to make the the attacking topspin stroke as well. You know, so following the ball with your bat is definitely one thing. Watching the ball really carefully is the second thing. And the third one is just you need to put yourself in the position of receiving a lot of balls, a lot of serves that have, uh, that are just between that, short and long, you know, that short and half long, as we call it, where it's just dropping off the end of the table on the second bounce. So until you've seen a lot of serves and seen the flight, then it's going to be difficult to recognise that um, a little bit earlier. If you have seen a lot of that serve, then you almost start to recognise that flight as soon as the ball leaves uh, the server's bat. So, um, you know... Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of things, you know, you need to immerse yourself, you need to um, have seen that, and you need to allow yourself to, to return a lot of balls in that position. Yeah, so you think when you've got a lot of experience, you could, like, just after they've hit the ball on the serve, you could pretty much say, oh, that's going to be short or that's going to be long and be fairly confident about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, almost mm. definitely. Like, like you'll see that the better players, you know, as soon as that ball's in play or, or coming over, they um, will recognise it and be able to almost get into position to play, you know, a, a, a push flick. And they also recognising whether it's coming to the forehand or backhand because they're they're seeing the ball so well. Mm, interesting. And I guess what makes this difficult initially is that you can't even um, gauge like by where the ball's landing because they could be serving at different speeds or even 
the same serve with different spin on it might, um, like a topspin serve might go long, whereas a backspin one might hold up a little bit. So there's a lot of complications in there to try and get that experience to to understand when it is coming short or long. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you can't just say, oh, well, it's yeah, it's bounced there on his side of the table or her side of the table, so now it's going to be long. Yeah, you're right. The spin, um, the trajectory, you know, wh- how high they've hit it from, how hard they've hit it um, matters a lot. Yeah, and even though, you know, nowadays players um, at the top level seem to be attacking those short serves with that, um, you know, the banana flick, Yep. You, you still need to pick up early, whether that's coming short or long, so you know whether to sort of play that banana flick or play a longer attacking stroke. So it's still a really crucial skill, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but I think that's that's also one advantage of the banana flick or the attack off the, the ball, off the shorter ball, because if you're playing an attacking banana flick, your bat can be in a similar type of position or you've got that attacking mindset um, off the ball, whether it's short or long. So it's, it's I guess, easier to transition between that flick and the topspin than it is for from a, a push to a topspin type stroke. Mm, interesting, interesting. So, yeah, maybe that's another reason for the rise of the banana flick. Yeah. Yep. I still think go. that's like the, the, you know, the biggest sort of new technique that I've seen in the last, you know, 15 years, that banana flick, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good one. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for the question, Jasper. Now, Hugo had a couple of questions for us, Alois, but this one was particularly interesting to me. It was, how do you counter spin against a slow, low top spin? Yes. So that can be really difficult. So, you know, so imagine you've pushed the ball, your your opponent has um, made a top spin ball, but it, it's slow and it's low over the net, that can be really difficult because if when you touch the ball, the ball's going to jump up off your bat. Um, but because the ball is low, you haven't got much margin to play with um, mm. over the net. So the most important thing, I think, is to is to make sure that you you really have good racket head speed on the return to start off with. So... If you if you just touch the ball or try to almost block it, the ball's going to really jump up and it's going to be difficult. Um, so with that counter spin, yeah, you need to make sure that you stay low first. Yep. Yeah, so stay really low on the ball, um, and then brush that ball really fast and have good racket head speed um, and go forward so that the ball isn't lifting up off the off uh, off your bat and uh lifting the ball off the table yeah it's a mm. it's a real it's a really tough one and you and you know in a in a um match at that highest level you know these these guys are playing some of these balls and um until you you've felt what that feels like and how difficult that is it's hard to really appreciate the quality of some of the stuff that those guys are doing to be able to counter spin um some of those balls yeah and when you're learning, it's kind of hard to um, force yourself to swing fast because I think, like, initially I would be, like, scared that, oh, I'm just going to smash it way off the end of the table. Um, and if you just get it wrong slightly, because your bat's moving so fast, you can hit it miles off the table. 
Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, how do you – I guess it's just more practice, is it? To yeah, it's, it yeah, it's practice. It's practice and it's being brave in that situation. So, you know, it's almost the more cautious you are, the worse it's going to be. So mm. you really need to swing um, hard at the ball and give the ball the rotation you want to have on it, not um, allow the, the ball to react off your rubber. Yeah, I like that thought. Yeah, give the rotation you want it to have. So you've got to make sure you're getting plenty of that topspin on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Hugo, be brave, practice it lots, and then, yeah, let it rip. Exactly. <laughs> give it a go. All right. Good question, Hugo. All right. Next up is a question from Reza who says, thanks for your good videos. They help me so much. But can you help me? Why can I not attack during the game? Oh, that's a good one, Reza. Um, now, <clears throat> the first the first step here is to establish: Can you attack in a training situation and when you're calmer? Um, that's step one, and mm -hmm. that's an important step to go through. So you have to be able to attack, um, you know, during your practice, during your practice games, even. So. If you can do that, then why can't you attack in a match situation? So a couple of things are happening. So the first one is that if you're a little bit tight or if there's a little bit of tension happening um, in your mind, that will flow into your body and it'll almost um, paralyze your um, ability to attack. So the, one of the first things that happens when you tighten up is that your shoulder really tightens up. And if your shoulder tightens up, you can do this yourself even now, as long as you're not driving. Um, <laughs> tighten up, tighten up your shoulder as much as you can, and then try to make a, uh, a forehand topspin stroke or a backhand topspin stroke, and you'll see what happens. I mean, the, your arm can't go through, your bat can't move through properly, and so your stroke becomes completely different. The ball starts to fly off the table, and what happens then? You, you tighten up even more because you think, oh, my goodness, you know, I can't attack. So mm. um, it's very much um, a mindset thing. You know, first up is you have to be able to relax your, your body, relax your shoulder in particular, relax your arm, relax your hand, relax your fingers um, to be able to then allow yourself to play that stroke uh, more freely like you would if you were – in your backyard or if you were, you know, in your garage or or in the training hall. Um, yeah, interesting. And I guess the the other thing to consider here, Alois, is that I guess it depends on, on your training and how you train, but in, in practice often your partner's, you know, trying to help you by placing the ball somewhere so you can get practice at doing the shot and getting better at it. But in a game, your opponent's trying to stop you. That you don't know where the ball's coming. They're trying to, you know, win the point. They're making it as hard uh, as hard as they can for you. Yeah, that's right. So, so that's what you have to try and replicate in training as well. Mm. So, um, not the your without sorry with your partner not trying to just hit the ball back to you, but your partner actively making it difficult for you and trying to. Um, uh, outwit you with uh, with their placement as well so that's yeah that's important yeah um, and we kind of talk about that in the in the building blocks of table tennis don't we you know there's the important bits of learning the strokes but then 
you know, it is important to move on to this randomization or whatever we called it um, yeah. to to get better. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's very important step in your in your training that then will help you in the match situation. It mightn't feel that great in training, but it will feel better once you get to a match situation. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, hopefully, Reza, that um, that gives you a few ideas um, and helps you out. But yeah, it's it's a tough game, isn't it? Like, there's so many different aspects you have to conquer. You know, the mental aspect and just the technical skills. Uh, there's the spin. What a great game. Indeed, what a great game. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Well, Alois, that brings us to the end of the questions. Indeed. On to the OMG facts. Jeff. Yeah. What we haven't done the comment of the week. Oh, the comment of the week. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. I mean, I, I like the comment of the week because you know it's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, all right, comment of the week first. Well, yeah, we had a, we had a few few comments this week. Um, because I, there was a, a great video. That poor yeah, dog. That if you that, haven't seen it, you know, <laughs> Alois was yeah. you know denying letting his dog play table tennis. Yeah, poor Ty. Ty <laughs> was uh, yeah denied denied uh, denied access, but but uh, then you uh, saw the light. Well, yeah, you'll have to you'll have to see the video if you haven't seen the video. Yeah, um, put it in the link. Put a link in the show notes. And I must say, very good editing by your son, Jeff. Yeah, like, my son I, put I, it together. I noted uh, a definite difference in quality in this one. Uh, <laughs> not not saying anything, but you know, um, <laughs> yes. Um, good. My sons do everything better than me. <laughs> it was good. I like the transition from black and white to color to ah. Oh. Creativity, well, creativity, Jeff, and uh, you know, experiment and experimentation. It's important. Ah, yes, I like how you tied that back to the tip <laughs> of the week. Yeah. So, um, yes, we uh, we got some uh, interesting comments. Uh, so one of them was, uh, "Wow, no human can show so much enthusiasm towards something. Never." And you know, I I mean, it's a it's a sort of bit of a tongue in cheek comment, but there is there is definitely something to it, you know, and and um, I'll I'll blab on a little bit. Um, the the intensity you see in animals when they you know like an animal that's interested in a ball, for example, um, is amazing. Like that, the only focus and thought they have is about that ball. When we're playing a match, if we have that intensity, then um, I think a lot of other things uh, can be um, uh, overcome. Mm. Uh, and, and also, you know, in your training, you know, if you've got that much intensity and, and just pure focus, um, yeah, some things really change. And I see this, I see this in, um, uh, you know, in in a defender in um, in a game like soccer or something as well, you know, like or if if uh, if you're trying to get the ball from someone, if you watch a dog when you've got the ball, if you if you've got a soccer ball and you're kicking it around or a football for for most of the world and kicking it around, and you see the intensity that the that the dog has to that ball, um, 
it's something that if you start to think about how can I copy that, um, there's some definite lessons in that. And there's also some lessons in footwork, but we'll get to that another day. Ooh, anyway. Okay, I'll note yeah. that down. Yeah. Animals, footwork. All right. That's but um, one of my favourite quotes, <clears throat> Alloys, is from Albert Einstein. Pretty smart guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Left-hander, he, I believe. Really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I did not know that. Creativity. Um, he says, we act as though comfort and luxury were the chief requirements of life. All that we need to make us happy is something to be enthusiastic about. The, I like that. Mm, I, yeah, good. I like that. Yeah, and um, yeah, if, if if you if you've never played with a dog with a ball, do it. But have a look at the video because yeah, there's some uh, there's some interesting lessons to be learnt just there. Um, there you go. There you go. And uh, and we also had a few other comments that i'm just looking for oh, someone called him timo dog um, <laughs> and someone said well hang on his free paw was touching the playing surface so he loses the point i agree i think uh, <laughs> uh stickler yeah. for the rules that's, that's, that's right. a silly rule why <laughs> is everything else allowed to touch the table but not your free hand i mean that's seriously. a good question ITTF, we want answers. Why is it so? <laughs> Just get rid of that rule. Why is it so? That dog deserves to win the point. That's right. <laughs> um, yes, and we had we had we uh, so we had a uh, comment from VJ as well who said that uh, wonderful doggy. Um, may I submit one of my epigrams for your delight? Gratitude is a canine disease for which the Homo sapiens have developed a near total immunity. Mm, deep <laughs> i like it yes uh yes yeah and um and we did have one other uh email that we received during the week as well funny email from uh from ron who had received one of our uh ping skills bats and uh you know in these covid times it took uh, i think it took a couple of weeks to get from Australia to Germany, which is not b bad, but in our emails, if you've never purchased anything from us, um, <laughs> after you after you purchase it, the, we send a, a very amusing email that is signed by me, but I have to say it was uh, totally penned by Jeff. Um, but uh, anyway, it talks about you know the Ping Skills jet that uh, being loaded up and uh, delivering your your uh, parcel to you. Um, but anyway, Ron has uh, mocked up a ping skill jet picture and uh, and sent us some pictures of uh, his bat arriving um, from uh, from Australia to Germany. So yeah, very amusing, Ron. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you, Ron. You might have to post the the, the picture on Facebook, Alice. I might. That's a good <laughs> good idea. Have a look at you'll be able to uh, have a look at uh, the ping yes. skills international delivery jet. Arriving into, arriving into Germany. And that yeah, and you know, creativity, you know, is is copying something being creative? I don't know. Or or do you have to come up with something brand new to be creative? I think that's the definition, isn't it? Yeah, but surely everybody has seen something else before, so they you know, they're just utilizing parts of other things. Mm. Like otherwise how would you learn anything? And putting so, putting like, them together. Yeah, maybe. Mm. 
Yeah, because, well, you know, that email might be similar to some other company called CD Baby. If you've never heard about this, look up CD Baby. Great story. Just for those people that like that sort of thing. Uh, is that where that creativity came from, Jeffrey? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that creativity. Very good. Very good. Oh, dear. You know, oh, you know what it's time that, for now, Jeff? It, I do know what it's time for now. OMG facts. Yes. Bring them on. I've got my pen and paper ready. All right. The word the word planet comes from the Greek word for wanderer because the planets move while the stars remain still. Ah, very good. But initially, initially, didn't they think that the sun or the star was moving rather than the planet? Probably. I think they thought Earth was the center of the universe, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. Mm. Now, Is it Galileo? Mm, could be one of those guys yeah Ah. now new zealand is the only country that contains every type of climate in the world (laughs) how many types of climate in the world are there i don't know that's a good question (laughs) okay now here's here's an interesting one hot dogs were first put into buns because they were burning customers fingers when served hot Problem solution. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. That's, now, that's good. Hot now, dog. I'm not sure if I can... Yeah, you might like this one too, but only because of what I'm about to say. The sixth sick sheep's, sixth sheep's sick is said to be the toughest tongue twister in the English language. <laughs> How what many times did it take you? The sixth what? sick... Sheik's sixth sheep's sick. <laughs> dear, oh dear, is it? That poor thing. <laughs> the, the, the six, six, sheik's six sheep's sick. <laughs> oh. I, well, I know you. a few other ones, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one one smart fellow, he felt smart. Two smart fellows, they felt smart. Three smart fellows, they felt smart. All together, they all felt smart. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I want you next week to... Uh, Bring your guitar. Yeah, I was thinking the other day. Like, I'm sure we promised this audience for, that you would uh, that you would bring your guitar in one day. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe you you can make up a song about the the six six sheeps sheep 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 um, and sing it to us next week. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. There you go. Alrighty. Well, is that it? Is that it for uh, OMG facts? That's it. That's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Good work. And like, like the hot dog in the in the bread in the bun. Yeah. (laughs) Close. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Close. That's a wrap. All right. Well, make sure you visit pingskills.com. Thank you so much for listening, and of course. Thank you, Alloys. Thank you, Jeffrey. And maybe next week you'll have a funny joke for us. That would be good. Again, but, always. But but yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I could get an OMG calendar. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yes. everyone will just have to hold out till next week for more OMG facts and maybe some interesting stuff about table tennis too. Maybe. All right. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next week. Bye.